What's up, guys? This is Matt from the Human Animal Podcast. I am flying solo today. So uh, Nate and Jake, I guess we had a little bit of miscommunication, but I'm actually cool with it because that means I get more time with my special guest today, Jeff Turner. And uh, before I uh, intro Jeff, I just want to say, you know, this is kind of the little podcast that could. And uh, we have been so uh, fortunate and blessed to have so many wonderful coaches on the podcast so far. And I feel like we're just putting the icing on the cake now today with Jeff. So um, Jeff, I, Jeff and I met, I guess it was two and a half years ago, basically right at the start of uh, my time at Force. And we also met through a MoveNet event, which you've heard me talk a lot about. But it's pretty cool that, you know, MoveNet seems to bring together people that are willing to share and uh, share their experiences and share their knowledge with each other. So uh, Jeff and I were at the same event, kind of got inspired right away and hit it off. And uh, I've been back to Columbus, where Jeff is located now, several times to just touch base and, and go to some different workshops with him. I've also had the pleasure of uh, assisting Jeff in some MoveNet uh, certification events. So Jeff is currently on the MoveNet certification team, and he has actually a long history in fitness, which I'm going to let him elaborate a little bit more on. But he has been a trainer for over 25 years and has lived everywhere from Hawaii to California to Columbus, Ohio, uh, working with high school athletes all the way up through uh, to professional athletes and everything in between. And once you hear Jeff talk, you'll just know he's one of the most inspirational people I know, and he's very passionate about his work. And we're just super excited to have him on. So Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Matt, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Thanks, uh, thanks for the intro. Good stuff. Well, uh, how about how about you just uh, further that intro for for the rest of the people that um, may not have stayed in a dinky Super Eight motel with you <laughs> a couple of times over the past years? So, uh, give us a little bit more background, uh, flesh it out for us. We want to know want to know more about JT. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> we go way back. No. We, uh, in Southern California, this is back in the eighties is when I started and, um, there weren't a whole lot of trainers, man. I mean, there, there, there just weren't, but I was kind of floundering, wondering what, you know, what to do. I was, you know, did some, spent some time in, in, uh, in junior college and still, you know, didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I, so I started personal training. Um, I, I actually started teaching a couple of aerobics classes and that, that <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever said that in public, but, uh, I love it. I know, I know. Do we have video of that? No, God, no. Um, we do not. But um, so that that kind of, you know, I, I dug it. It was just fun, man. It was fun interacting with people and, and brought some of my friends in. And and um, then I saw, I heard a commercial on, on the radio and it was uh, Body by Jake. And, and he was, you know, talking about what he was doing. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And uh, so I, I wanted, I, I, in my mind, I just decided I want to do that. And therefore, I did it. <laughs> a couple of weeks later, I had a business card that said Jeff Turner, nutritional consult, personal trainer, nutritional consultant, and I still have that card somewhere um, around here. So that that would be cool. But um, so I did that, man. I and I and I trained people for about seven years uh, before I really went back to school and got a formal education uh, with this stuff. And I'm going to fast forward and kind of do a broad stroke, but. During that time, and this is the late uh, 80s, uh, 88, 9, 90, I met three guys, three docs, and I, I refer to them a lot as the three wise men in my life, and they were my mentors, still are. Um, they really raised the bar. They showed me kind of where I wanted to be, and uh, that sent me back to school, went to UCLA and studied exercise science. They had a really cool program, and that was at night. I went to night school there and and, and got that cert. It was a two-year deal. and. Um, and, and that's how I was able to kind of, um, connect the dots because what these guys were talking about was just so out there. I mean, all three were PhDs. One was an MD and, and it was just, they would talk and I would shake my head like, mm -hmm. and a lot of the times I'm like, oh man, I should know this. And I don't. So that was kind of my education. You know, I was lucky. I was fortunate. I never hurt anyone during those seven, eight years in LA. I was pretty smart, you know, in knowing what worked and what didn't. Uh, I never beat anyone up, you know, in the gym like a lot of people did out there. But but that was my intro to to personal training. And then 
became one of my mentors, one of my first mentors, Fred Hatfield. Um, again, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, but he got the call from Lyle Alzado, and, and Lyle was making his comeback to Los Angeles Raiders, and he was 43 years old. So Fred called me in, and I was the day-to-day strength coach that trained Lyle at Gold's Gym, Venice Beach, which is the mecca of bodybuilding in the world. And so you walk in that place, you never know who you're going to see. So that was an incredibly cool experience. And that's where I learned about periodization, Tudor Bampa, other, you know, Russians and Polish scientists. And um, that was just an incredible, incredible time in my life that, um, you know, and again, I was learning things every day from Fred and, and, and implementing with <laughs> a world-class athlete. Um, so that was that was an adventure, and, and that we could take a whole hour just talking about that training with Lyle and Lyle and and, and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, I can. Well, should I keep going? I mean, we can. <laughs> I, dude, I'm fascinated. Keep going. So you were you were out in L.A. and then, uh, um, how did you end up in Columbus then? Well, I, I bopped over to Hawaii for a couple of years, and and uh, actually that was kind of just prior to the, 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 the Lyle thing. So I was there for two years and I trained some big wave surfers and some models and, and some other stuff. I was there for two years back to LA. And then we moved to, uh, you know, sold the house after the earthquake, earthquake in 94 and, and moved here then. And, uh, and that was it. That's, we, we were here and, and, uh, I started training people shortly after that. And, and then the major league soccer, uh, their inaugural season was 96. I was brought into the Columbus crew um, at the end of the season and became the first strength conditioning coach in major league soccer, which was cool. I had never played soccer. And I mean, I, didn't, I know you did. And, 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 you know, uh, the guys that own force, I mean, they went to school, you know, the Yagleys and stuff and, and, you know, big soccer force out there at IU. But, um, for me, I didn't have the background. It was a blast a, because I never played, but B because it was just, it was a lot of neat people. And, and, uh, and again, that made, that, you know, I've always been a sink or swim. So you throw me into that situation and, and it, it worked. It worked well. I had an incredible uh, orthopedic surgeon who was a team doc who was still there, who's worked with all kinds of national team athletes and athletes all over the place. Um, so I was there, I think, five seasons. During that time it w- is what really pushed me into the youth field. I kept watching these coaches just beat the heck out of kids. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Um, their warmups were, were back asswards. Their training was, was too much or, uh, unspecific or it, it, it was just, it was so South of what should have been going on. I saw a big need, um, for what we do. And that's when I created fit to play was in 97 and started training, you know, the student athletes. And since both my daughters played at the time, you know, it was training soccer athletes, <laughs> And then when my um, daughter got into lacrosse, it was working with, you know, the lacrosse club. So I've trained thousands, literally thousands of athletes over the years. Uh, probably 90% were girls because of my daughters and got me into the clubs, you know, the soccer and lacrosse club. And, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been an adventure. So I guess that in, in a real general broad stroke, you know, took me from the early 80s to uh, where we are today. And, and then, you know, maybe we can touch on you know, move that as, as we go on. Yeah. So whirlwind, uh, all over the map and, uh, just, it just seems like you've had such a cool time and a fun time, uh, training people, which is something that I think, you know, uh, recently I've just been thinking more about it. Don't you feel like a lot of trainers get into training because they love fitness or they love the idea of fitness, um, but they don't necessarily love the idea of being a coach? And, yeah. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, I was kind of luckily I had both. I was really into to fitness. And one of the best things that my, my wife made me do, she's like, okay. I know you like this. Now, would you like coaching someone? And we had six months of, of you know, just trial um, when I was living in Japan, just picking up and coaching people and giving them the attention. And the focus wasn't on myself working out. It was how can I get this person to move better? How can I get this person to their goal? And that's what actually hooked me. That's what that's when I knew that I wanted to be a trainer. Um, 
So I think it's cool that you've just been on this big journey and it seems like every step of the way, you've just been so interested in helping other people reach their goals and not necessarily focused on kind of what you do. Yeah. You know, how you learned or how you got into it is not the norm. I mean, most people, you know, they don't do it for the love of coaching. They do it for the love of fitness. And, and like we were joking earlier, I mean, you know, part of my, you know, stick to it this is is because i don't have a lot of skills <laughs> I mean, this, this is it but <laughs> but it, it you, you need that coaching component there's so many athletes who are just so good on the field or court or whatever they do but that doesn't mean that they can coach you know and and and, and a lot of people have said that so it, it really is it's the coaching and that's why um you know someone you had on a few weeks ago Lori, and he, when she first got into all of this i mean she is one of the best people people that I know and have ever met. And that's why I told her, if you pursue this and go into it, you're going to be incredible. And she did. And she is. So it's, you know, you, you got to care, man. You got to care about people. It, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I was never that great of an athlete. I was, you know, I played baseball and I surfed, you know, that those were my two, my two things. And I was good at baseball and I was pretty good in, you know, in the water, but I was never great. I didn't, you know, win it many accolades and stuff. Um, but but I got into the nuts and the bolts and 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 the performance side of it and, and how can I plug the goal the, you know plug the gaps plug the holes and 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 I guess that brought me into into the coaching side and, and how can I make it better you know that Japanese term of kaizen constant never ending improvement um, and that's that's really describes you know my my world <laughs> you know it's it's uh, and I think that could segue to another thing too you know so many trainers. It's like, wow, you've been doing this 18, 20 years or whatever. And it's like, well, have you done year one 18 times over or have you progressed, you know, <laughs> throughout time? Yes. And, and, and we can laugh at that. But, Matt, there are so many trainers and I know you've seen it. You can go in, into any commercial gym and they still are doing the same silly stuff that, that, that we all did, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, good, better, best. It's good that people are in there. But. You know, like Dan John says, and, and, you know, about what docs first do no harm. I mean, we really, you know, if it, if it ain't, you know, if it shouldn't be done, it shouldn't be done. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, that I, I think about is just how far I've come in the, you know, the past three, three and a half years. And, you know, it's almost hard to project if I've, if I've learned this much in this amount of time, I, I, I'm hesitant to think about what, you know, what I'll be in 10 years and also what I'll think about my current self 10 years from now. Uh, hopefully I'm, I'm getting more things right than wrong. So, um, do you feel like, you know, your evolution over the past 25 years, you look back and, you know, what were the things that you think that, consistently you've done well over time and what are things that you know you've really learned from or changed about your training hmm. one of my i think best assets is you know when i get an athlete or anyone in front of me you know i'm gonna look in their eyes you know i ask i'll ask everyone you know how are you feeling how's it going and that's every single you know like some people talk about every session is an assessment it is I mean, it's, it's, you know, by the time someone gets in front of me, intake is, is, you know, I've, I've flipped the switch and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly seeing what kind of feedback am I getting? Um, how are they feeling? How is their physiology? Are they standing like they're totally tired? Are their eyes at half mass? Do they have a, a, a cup of coffee in their hand just to get through the workout? Do they get some jack me up product again, just to get through the workout? It's really, I think seeing where the athlete is, um, or the person in, in front of me or the group, and, and, and dosing the right amount of stuff at the right time um, in the right amount, I think, is my greatest asset. And I also think that um, I might have been a little conservative over, over the years. And, and I don't think that's a good thing either, but I'd probably rather be conservative than, than you know, real aggressive and hurt people. I had one guy tell me who I was in a business partnership with. Um, <laughs> it wasn't too long ago either. He said, he said some things leading up to this, but he says, you suck. He says, people don't, th people didn't even like you. They think you suck. You don't know what, you know, you're, 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 you don't work them hard enough and they, they're always needing more and, 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 and they walk out of here like they didn't even work out. And I'm, and I'm looking at this guy like, what a tool, you know? And it's, it's like, I, I wanted to say a lot, but I didn't. And I, and I kind of, you know, jokingly said, thank you. 
And, and, you know, I can count on, I had one of my crew players, um, we were at the gym and I'm like, okay, we're done. He's like, no, man, I, I want to get one more set. I'm like, uh, no, we're, we're done. He says, Jeff, dude, I can do this. It's, it's not that just let me, I just, I'm like, oh, geez, okay. So he gets on, it was an incline bench press. And again, he's a soccer player. You don't, but it, again, we're all muscle heads at some point, you know? And, and so he got up there and he tore his back. And, and, you know, I knew we were done, but he was going to do it with or without me. So he got up there and, and, uh, and, and so that's really the only injury I've ever had. Um, you know, and, and, uh, that's kind of went off on a tangent, but I think yeah, that's, no, that's I get probably, it. lesson learned. It, it is, you know, and so I don't, I don't, uh, people want to do right now when people, when I get in front of people or, or, you know, when they're considering hiring me for themselves, for a club, for a team, whatever, it, it's got to be a fit. And I mean a fit by, you know, they listen to me. They get that, you know, this is what I do. And they've engaged me to get them to a certain point. So I don't need to argue about stuff. You know, if they want to run five miles and they really only need to do one, we're not going to do five. If they want to do this, we're going to do kind of what, what I see, you know, they need to do. So, hey, Jeff, I'm getting a little bit of feedback from your end. I don't know if there's something rubbing on your microphone. Oh. I'm walking into the room, so I'll just stay put. Oh, man, you're a pacer. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, get Got to get that up. walking in. Yeah. Um, so, cool. I think that's it, though, Matt. I think, you know, it really yeah. it's, it, it's seeing what the client needs, seeing what the, seeing what the person or the group needs that's in front of me and being able to, um, to, to get it done. And it's just like with our MoveNet workshops. I mean, you know, they say go to Toronto and, and, and do the workshop. Well, I have no idea what I'm – what we have, I'm being dropped in the woods, you know, and, and then we've got to do a workshop from there. So it's really, you can uh, kind of making chicken salad, a chicken dung, um, type of thing. Yep. I, and you know, I think that's one thing that's, that's crucial and that we kind of have this, uh, almost like a division in, in the, uh, fitness industry right now where it seems like, we have coaches that are really, I mean, famous within coaching circles for being like that personality, that person that engages people and um, can really um, judge people or bring energy, bring the appropriate level of energy day to day. And then we also have like the this really cool, and I love it, like, you know, the uh, nerdy fitness guys, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. The guys that are totally uh, geeked out on all the the details and the specifics and getting everything just right, so you have as near to a perfect program for a person as possible. And um, it seems to me like it's a lot harder to teach the first one. Um, and people like we've had interns come through force and. Uh, you, it's hard to, you know, you know how they, they used to say, you know, in basketball, you know, you can't teach seven foot, <laughs> seven feet tall. It, all, it also feels like you can't teach like a nice, the, you know, you can't teach Mr. Nice Guy to some extent. You can't teach like that personality that's going to interact with people and really reach out to them. Um, you can try. And I know I've tried to make my coaching better, but at some point it, it feels like, um, you know, it's got to be just a part of, of who you want to be. So. That's true. I mean, you know, I know you, you probably listened to Mike Boyle or, or have read some of his stuff. And I remember one thing that he said, you know, w- with his interns, he doesn't hire based on what you can do. He hires you best based on you. He goes, I can't teach, you know, give you a personality, but I can coach up your coaching skills. I can coach yeah. up how you, you know, how to train people. So yeah, it, it's, it, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, you know, um, what kind of person are you? I mean, I mean, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Um, so another thing, uh, you know, over these, I've, I've seen you, uh, kind of refine your message over the, even just over the past three years. And I know you've had 25 years to work on this, mm-hmm. but, uh, why don't you tell I know you're working on a manifesto right now and you're in the process of kind of brainstorming and, and creating content for that. Could you share a little bit about kind of what your um, your message is, what you kind of what you stand for uh, for fitness that you want to tell people about? 
Well, I don't know if it's about what I stand for just yet. I don't know if I, I if if I have that answer. But what I'm what my message is now is you know it, it's about three things. It's about food, fitness, and fitting it all in. And someone could look at that and go, well, well, yeah. But it's like what I'm trying to do is is totally and 100% simplify all of this stuff. And and you know, so when it comes to food, what is it? Well, it's it's natural and non-processed. Okay. Um, you know, with fitness, well, it's about building the foundation. You got to have a foundation um, and fitting it all in. It's, you know, we can tell people what to eat. We can tell them how to train, what to do. But if it doesn't fit in their life, they're never going to do it. And it's about, you know, we need to talk about habit. We need to talk about change and creating new habits. And, and uh, you know, so and it's so funny because we see, again, in, the, in these big box gyms or any gym, you know, it's like the trainer will say, oh, you're going to do, you know, three to five days a week lifting with me. And the other two days you're going to do this. And you want this done early in the morning and that done late in the evening. And and the client's looking at him like saying yes and going, how the hell can I ever get this done? You know, or or the coach in college that has their, you know, his team or her team. And they've got to do a lift and they've got to do conditioning and they've got to do agilities and they've got to do whatever. And then they've got to do the sports stuff. Because that's what the program says. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, that's 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 old thinking. It's still a thinking of today, but it, it's just you know, how do we fit it in? How do we fit it in 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 Matt's life? And and again, that comes back to feet, you know, to to feedback, to listening, to the intake. What uh, what's doable in your life? You know, am I going to give you six goals or am I going to give you one? Um, and everyone is different. So the fitting it all in piece to me, what I've seen over the years is a big one. I, I was with someone this morning. The wife doesn't like to be outside. <clears throat> the husband doesn't like to be inside. They live on a lot of acres. And, and so we went out there, man, with the husband. And we were running, jumping, climbing all in the snow and, and doing all this stuff. Absolutely a blast. Matter of fact, we're gonna, he wants me to build a MoveNet-specific um, uh, course or courses on his property. So we'll have to get you out for that. But, and then I came back for the wife and, and we did some other stuff. She's dealing with a hip and a knee. So I needed to do some, you know, a few correctives that we're doing for, for her stuff and, uh, things that she was doing with someone else was, was hurting and that pain is gone. So it was just doing what she needed to do. So the fitting it all in piece. So that's it. You know, it's that simple. I've, I've played with it cause it's all about marketing. You know, do I call it F3 or this or that? But it's it's food, fitness, and fitting it all in, and it's more of a it's more of a one hundred and one. You know, start here, do this, then do that. You feel that? Okay, now let's do this type of thing. And my coaching is going to be based on that as well. So that was a long answer, man. Sorry. No, it's not. I the thing is, there's so much, and we've talked about this before on on the podcast. But there's so much information out there now, and mm-hmm. a lot of it I love. Like there's just there's so much detail you can get into now if you're interested in fitness, both with training, recovery, uh, nutrition, periodization, all of the above. Um, and it's really easy in that situation to do what, what you're saying is to overlook that we are dealing with, for the most part, not professional athletes who build their schedule around this stuff, but right. people that are trying to fit this into their life and get benefit out of it. And, that's where I've 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 kind of followed the path that you are. I tend to um, get really excited about something and per- potentially overcomplicate it, and then realize that my need is to simplify. I almost do this like in all aspects of my life, uh, like the house. You know, I'll just have so much stuff all over. I'll be brainstorming projects. I'm like, all right, time to simplify. I got to parse this down to what is manageable and what I can fit in. And the same thing with fitness. And one thing that, you know, I like about your message that, that really struck me is you, I know it, it works well with your alliteration food, but, um, I think there's a tendency to break down food into nutrition and to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, kind of re- like kind of like a, a reductionist model. You know, humans don't eat nutrition. Humans eat food, and it's important to educate people about food and not uh, 
necessarily about like, well, are you getting enough, this many micrograms of this, of this, like it's at some point, uh, if, if you make it too complex, it becomes an unmanageable system. Mm-hmm. And I think you also see diminishing returns with that. Like the more complex and the more effort you put in, the less you're actually getting out of it. Um, uh, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I don't know what the laws are, are like in Indiana, but in Ohio from LA, we could talk about, I could put someone on a watermelon and, and a cilantro diet and, and, you know, people would go, Oh wow, that's cool here in Ohio. You, you can't, you know, with, with our credentials, we can't do any type of percentages and protein and this and that. And, um, you know, and for years I didn't even, you know, that kind of pissed me off. And, and, you know, I kind of, I stopped talking about it because I, it kind of, it threw me, I didn't know, you know, how do I do this now? I've been the loss so far that, you know, just prior to breaking kind of like (laughs) bamboo here, but it's, it's, uh, yeah. So it, it really is just, you know, simplifying the food piece and, and, you know, whole natural non-processed you can talk and there's no dietitian in the world that is going to you know say ooh turner's don't listen to him that's just wrong he's he's breaking all the laws um you know so yeah it's just it really is simple i i met with a guy yesterday matt he's been an athlete his whole life and he's had all kinds of digestive problems i mean he's just been really messed up and he a lot of a lot of i don't want to say overtraining just under recovery and um and, and I said, if you thought about, you know, just taking grains out of your, and he's like, nah, he's, I can't do that because it's, it's, I'm trying to just eat as nutrient dense as I can. And I'm like, you're what? Mm. Cause he, cause he eats a lot of bagels, a lot of breads because, and I said, you're talking, you might be talking about calorie dense, but you're, what you're talking about is not nutrient dense. And he looked at me like he really didn't know. And he's an extremely educated guy. So what you just said you know, it's kind of, it's, it's educating. I mean, I think if everyone had the book, you know, uh, the whole 30 or whole nine with what they oh, start with food. Yeah. yeah. You know, something like that, or, or any one of, you know, Rob Wolf's or it's just, I mean, they don't go into the nutritional biochemistry of this. It's just do this, not that take that out. See if it works. If it does go with it, do it more. Um, yeah, but, the, 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 those are the two things I got the most out of, uh, my uh, certification with precision nutrition mm-hmm. were, um, you know, outcome-based decision-making. How's that working for you? And only try to change one thing at a time. Yeah. And it, again, simplify. And as, as detailed as the precision nutrition textbook is, and you know, I find myself coming back to those two things over and over again and in everything all the science basically just backs up those two practical things it backs up you know how's that working for you and only try to change one thing and then see how's that working for you and um it's just you know a lot of times the the questions that i answer with clients tend to be just letting them know that yeah you don't have to try to do all of this stuff at once like um, I had a speaking of you know things that come to the top of the mind. I had a client today who came in who uh, had missed breakfast and so was feeling under the weather. And so we just had a, a very um, slow movement day. We did some light Turkish get-ups and um, just some balancing, uh, balancing work and a little bit of crawling. And that was just her day. And she's asking me questions. Um. Because she has time. She's like, so, you know, uh, how many, and we hear this all the time, how many days of cardio do you think I should have? Uh, how often should I be juicing? You know, like she's trying, she's so hard. She's trying to add in all these extra things um, because she wants to see the results. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Honestly, if you just strip that stuff away, you're going to, things are going to happen even faster for you. You don't have to, uh, try to, you know, coax every last little calorie out of your body uh, throughout the day. Things are actually much simpler than that, and, and that's what's beautiful about it. You know, it makes everything easier. And I think that's what we both really loved about the MoveNet stuff, at least part of it, is that it's just simplify, um, get down to the basics, get down to natural human movements, if you stick there, the you know, Gray Cook says the magic is in the movement, right? So mm-hmm. um, 
that's been a, a big thing for me. Another thing that Gray taught, and this is in the same vein of conversation, is a lot of times it's not what you're adding into a program. It's what you're taking away that really gives the benefit. Um, yeah. De- and he, deleting talk- can be more powerful than addition. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, that's uh, – yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that you know, anymore. I mean, and you're right about MoveNet. It just, it, it really is, you know, it was about simplifying it. But if you look at the manual, I mean, there's so much and Erwan is so, you know, his philosophies and, and, and he's got so much in his head. Um, it, it, it's hard. I mean, he needs an editor just to edit his thoughts <laughs> and, 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 and put it on paper because it's, it, you know, he goes on and on about this stuff, but it's so cool. And it's such a simple philosophy and, you know, it's a, it's a way of, it's a way of life. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about it. It's not about the workout, you know, it's not about a diet, you know, it, it's, it's a lifestyle, man. It's what you're doing. It's like your client today, you know, you gave her the, you know, you dosed her what she needed at the right time and just the right amount. The thing with these clients and people that we train is they feel like they have to get their ass kicked and, and, uh, otherwise it's not a good workout and he, and they're paying for it. Um, and it's so that it's like, I, I've got to, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not on the ground sweating or, you know, I feel pretty good. Shouldn't I, shouldn't I be more tired? No, no. And I think that's a real, in my initial intake with people, I make sure that they know a session is not an hour. It's not a half hour prepare for an hour, but it could be 40 minutes. And I, and I go over, you're, you're we're going to, you're going to get what you need that day. And you got to buy into that. And you got to be okay with that. Cause it's not the norm. And if they're not, we don't move forward. I mean, I had one kid a few years ago, 13 years old, good tennis player. We're training. We're doing our thing. And we were done. Um, and, and she said, it hasn't been an hour. And I'm like, well, we're done. That's, I, you know, she looked at me, looked at her watch, and kind of turned her back and just walked out. And uh, because in her world, when tennis lessons, they're, they're an hour. You know, and, and, and that's what people – that's the norm. But – um, yeah, I make sure people know up front and that was a hard thing to do in the beginning. You know, people, they, they sell, you know, like a 30 minute session or an hour session. When you train with me, you're going to get, you know, it's a session. How long is it? I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, when, it, when we deal with kids, we have to respect the parent. Cause if a parent drops someone off, you can't say, I don't know, you know, just come back in 40 minutes to an hour or stuff. And it's like, well, what is it? 40 or an hour. So that's a little harder, but, um, yeah, I, I found I've found that making sure that people understand what they've signed up for before you move forward is a good thing. So. Yeah, setting expectations right away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, that's you know, just hearing you think about that, that's something I try to do with my my young athletes is I make sure my six to nine year olds were like setting expectations for the day every day, and they know exactly what to expect. And it, it makes classes run much more smoothly. And that's something I don't do as well with my adults. And they probably need the same thing. They need to know exactly what to expect. And if we did a, a better job of uh, having a system in place where that was the norm, you know what you're going to get each day, then things would go, I'm sure, much easier for everyone. They, they do. They do need it. And probably even more so because they're so used to, you know, maybe they had a, they had a trainer 10 years ago or they, well, whatever. And, and that's what trainers do, especially in big clubs. It's you buy a 30 minute session or a 40 or, or an hour session. And, 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 and you're, you know, uh, it, it's, 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 it's on ramping them into a new culture. And, and I, I'm fortunate to have one of my ex players with the crew has a soccer club and, and another one of my kids that I trained at 13 is now 26, 27. He's one of his coaches and, and, and I've got the whole club and, and they're, you know, every session is move net based every, we're screening everyone. And, and it's, it's done the way that people talk about it. This is the first time I've ever had complete control. Um, I've always had coaches that wanted performance or wanted quicker, stronger, faster, better now. Yeah. I don't care if she's 10. I want to see how fast she can get, you know? So with these guys, it's, it's everything you would want in a coach they're doing they're giving and it's so cool to have 350 athletes to watch to collect you know the data and 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 um see how it plays out and see how you know we minimize injury compared to the other clubs so this is real exciting for me it's it's um i can't wait to get started with this in a, in, in a couple of weeks and i've actually we've already started this month but uh 
um, yeah, the parents love it too. So it's really cool, but it's, it's, it's setting expectations up front so they know what it is. They know that they can text me. The parents know they can call. They can call me on, you know, you know, stocking their pantries. They can call me on what, what can, you know, Jimmy eat, you know, the night before or how much should he carbo load with? And I'm like, well, we really don't carbo load. And then that's another one that I, you know, I don't want to jump on that rant box, but you know, with my daughter's team, they, they always had these, these team dinners the night before to carbo load. And I'm like, you're just getting them fat and sick. Are you kidding me? So, but anyway, yeah, so that's cool about the club. Yeah. Um, I love it that you're getting a, a chance to, to have like a massive experiment like that. Cause it's cool. I mean, you get buy-in, uh, when there's buy-in the, through the whole organization, like it, you're, you're right. It just, it just runs more smoothly. So that's sweet. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how that goes. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. You're talking about student athletes a little bit, and I know this has been such a huge part of your life because of your daughters. And uh, why don't you talk about, you know, uh, a little bit about if you could do, you know, just or tell coaches just a couple of things. And I think we've already hit on some of these and what they would be. But what would they what would you kind of, you know, get through a coach's head to, to help his or her athletes be the best that they can be. Yeah. And that answer is going to be different depending on, you know, are we dealing with, you know, high school athletes or are we dealing with U10 soccer players? I mean, you, you know, at the younger ages, it's to have fun, but we still at that point, you know, with these younger ones, we want, we're developing a culture now when we get these older athletes who have been working with trainers or they've been into the gyms and they they're doing the bodybuilding workouts to make them a better soccer player. It's hard to say, dude, stop doing, you know, side raises and bicep curls, um, and let's focus more on grooving the patterns and let's work on a goblet squat or if possibly a get up or let, let's groove those patterns over there. Or let's crawl. They're looking at you like, I only got, you know, an hour. I need to do shoulders or back and buys today. So, um, you know, it, it's with, with the, with the younger coaches or with the younger kids, with, with those coaches, um, teach, teach, you know, the mobility, teach, you know, some of the movement net skills that, that we've been doing, the crawling, the rolling, um, balance, posture, breathing, teaching them how to breathe, developing a culture of, of, of 10 year olds who are mindful about their body and about movement. By the time they're 12, you are going to have freaking little, little machines. And you didn't even train them as machines. You train them as we're supposed to be trained. Um, not training a little athlete like they're, um, you know, like they're Messier or something. I mean, you, you've got to train them, work with them for who they are for the high schoolers. Oh man, it's hard to say, you know, what I said earlier, you know, give them the right amount of the right stuff at the right time, because coaches are coaches. They're usually, a lot of them are high school teachers and, you know, they're not strength and conditioning specialists. They're not FMS certified. They're not, you know, MoveNet certified. They don't, they haven't been to a USA weightlifting course. So it's, it's, it's really hard. And I think we have to have to have that going into, you know, I talked about fitting it all in what's doable. I think we you know, have to have the mindset of what's doable for them. Actually, both parties do. So it's just, again, to simplify it, just uh, have them move well, you know, before moving often. And I know that's that's a great cook thing, but I've I've swiped it and I've swatted that, and that's going to be one of my principles. And then also to have fun. They need to have fun. So, but a coach is going to look at me and go, well, okay, that's great, and rah-rah, or kumbaya, and that's cool, but we want to win state championships. And I'm like, okay. This kid I was talking about when I started training him, Johnny, who's now a coach. He's been a coach for seven years now. He was coach of the year last year with his high school soccer team. He won a state championship in girls lacrosse uh, that, that same year with another high school. He, does, he, hasn't had one, he hasn't had one injury in five years of coaching, not one. Um, there's always bumps and bruises. You know, there's a concussion here. There are probably, and you know, someone may break something, but that's a contact injury running into a wall or to another person. But I'm talking about like, um, sprain strains, pulls, um, stupid stuff that coaches deal with all the time. He hasn't had one and it's based on what we've done. So what does he do? He takes them to the pool and swims. While other coaches are beating the crap out of their athletes doing two-a-days and during hell week and stuff, which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard of, and yet they still do it. Um, Johnny's at the, he's at the gym. He's, he's having his athletes swim. 
he brought them to Lori and I, and we, we took them out and did a, a three-hour MoveNet team building. We taught them how to breathe. We taught them how to crawl, climb. We taught them how to lift, push, pull, and press things in the woods, in nature. Um, so we gave them life skills as well. So I guess, again, to boil that down, stop doing too much, do less, and teach them to do the right things. And, and the next question is, well, okay, genius, what are those right things? Well, that's where they have to hire me, Matt. <laughs> no. um, they could get the book, right? Get, get the Fit to Play Manifesto. Um, but it really it. is that simple. It really is that simple. It's just coaches don't want – they think that it has to be um, – they have to do the 5-3-1 or they have to do this or they have to – they have the, the, the national team strength and conditioning program. They, they think they have to do that. I think coaches should – I don't care what level you are. Group your kids, you know? Great Cook talks about this. Put them in buckets. He refers to it with the, with the movement screen and stuff, but put them in buckets. I mean, when, when my daughter was a U13 soccer player, there were five levels in her club, three premier and two parent coached. And that was, if you take, let's just say, you know, I don't know how many athletes that was, say 100 athletes. Um, how much different do you think the maturation level is from the top player to or the top 10% to the bottom 10%? Unbelievably different. So, um, but they all need certain movement skills. So I know I'm going off on different rants here cause that's just the way my brain is wired, but, but I always appreciate your rants, Jeff. <laughs> I know we do it in the workshops too. People are like, dude, isn't there a curriculum here? Yeah, um, I know we get, we get off tangent, but it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's simplify. It's get it, keep it simple, have them move well and don't overtrain them. Um, you look at someone like John Wooden, you know, and, and, and how much conditioning did he do? It's been written or said that he didn't do any conditioning. I know he did, but he didn't, he didn't, you know, train the hell out of him. We've got a guy in town here who won three state championships in lacrosse uh, and phenomenal. He didn't do any conditioning, none. So what did he do? How did he do it? I mean, how do you get that done? How about if you practice like you play? What a concept. Instead of being, you know, unorganized doing stupid drills to where they, they you know at half speed you're going to be unorganized and play really well at half speed oh and let's do this here's another rant but you know let, let's let's see how good your two mile time is tell me what in what sport or event except cross country would we ever care what your two mile time is how how do i honestly care that you have a 630 mile for two minutes or for two miles i could care less I mean, it has no application to the sport. So, but what would be cool? Do your drills at game speed. That's a con- then you're going to get the conditioning effect. How are your athletes feeling after the after the workout, coach? You know, how do they feel? How do they feel the next day? Base today's workout on what you did yesterday and what you have going into the next few days into the tournament that's coming up during the week. Quick story here. I had a girl, one of my athletes, good soccer player, really good. She ended up going playing at IU, and uh, and and she told me that she that her strength coach made her hate fitness, made her hate fitness because she they um, they beat him so so wildly. I have some other guys in this group that went over to another university. I'll, I'll throw them under the bus, Marshall. And what this Nimrod did is he would max effort squat them the day before a game, and then the coach would be pissed why they were so slow. Because they were so they performed so poorly in the game, he made them do sprints after the game, and then they would get into practice the next day. So, talk about you know no recovery. Yeah, I think yeah. that Matt. That's why I created Fit to Play in '97. That's why I'm writing what I'm writing now. It's not to write to you guys. It's not to write to all the other exercise scientists. I don't care about any of you. I just don't. It doesn't matter. I'm writing to the people who need it. So it's not going to be all, you know, it's going to be like they say, write to a ninth grader. That's what I'm doing. You know, it's going to be stuff that's applicable, easy to understand. There's plenty of science behind all of this. We know we can, you know, talk to that. But it's, yeah. it's simple stuff. So I kind of yeah. answered your question, but didn't yeah, you went did. off on a couple of rants. Sorry. I love it. I, you actually made me think of two two different things. First is, um, you know, we talk a, a lot about, like you were saying earlier, good, better, best. Yes, mm-hmm. there are, uh, you know, we don't want to get so caught up in the details that we feel like better is not as good as best. But at the same time, 
when I have people that come into the gym and have had a history of injuries, don't understand uh, how they need to train for their sport, or have even just been, they feel, they admit that their relationship with food is just so horrible because uh, another trainer or another, another place has, you know, just completely ruined their relationship with, with something that should be uh, nu- nutritional and enjoyable, and they just hate eating. They hate the thought of food. Um, that's when it's just like, man, we do need something. We, ne- we need people like you, Jeff, who are out there talking to people, trying to educate people, because it's an uphill battle to get a lot of this information in, and especially the minimalist approach and um, you know, fitting it all in, like you're saying, food, fitness, and fitting it all in. That's that's tough. And even though it's simple, I think a lot of times people mistake uh, simple for easy, and it's not right. Simple, not easy. Oh my easy. gosh! Yeah, yeah. That's so correct. that's the one thing. Another thing. Quick story on my end. We got to spend a little time with the uh, Louisville training staff, mm-hmm. University of Louisville. And one thing that was really cool with them, they have uh, their strength and conditioning staff has. Um, been placed in charge of all conditioning for athletes in all programs and they have support from the ad so now what that means is the individual coaches don't get to separately condition their athletes they have to go through this program and they'll go out and they they'll track and this is getting into the techie stuff how this stuff can you know it seems intuitive the way you're talking about it and if we want to make it scientific uh, you know, track heart rates and each person will have, you know, basically get a readout green, yellow, red on how hard that practice day was. And they have looked at the, the schedule for the entire year and pre-planned which days they should be going hard on and which days they should be coming out, going green, coming out green. And it, and let me tell you, it's much more green than yellow or red. Mm. Um, and they're able to communicate with their coaching staff. Hey, you know, your, your athletes, uh, these five athletes really overworked themselves in your last practice. And the coaches are now able to modify their drills and how they are training in the actual like skill session to match this recovery model, which I think is really cool. And, uh, you know, that's why it's helpful. You know, a coach, I appreciate it. Like you're trying to get your team ready. Um, how impossible would it be for a high school coach to manage all of the different people as well as, you know, judging where they're all at in a day and having a schedule and, and then also having to go home and then grade papers for their classes they're teaching. Like it just seems completely overwhelming. So I think that's, it's where hopefully we'll have more and more strength and conditioning professionals helping out in these programs where, you know, kids need help kids can use our help and these coaches can use our help and we need to be able to form a a good symbiotic relationship where it's not you know my way or the highway it's compromise and it's uh it's a healthy relationship both ways so no that's i i love that and you know people say well you know when i've talked to coaches about you know you need to train these kids individually i mean you can't just put everyone on the same thing and they will okay i got 60 90 athletes i can't do that well yes you can And, and and over there at louisville they, they're, they're, they're able to, I mean, they're able to do that. And I know, I think maybe you and Cliff talked about too, but the Omega wave and, and some, some, you know, schools and clubs, you know, have that, and that kind of tells you where you are that day as well. But that's uh that's a system I, I would, I'm, I'm going to follow those guys. Cause I'd, I'd love to see how that, how that plays into how well they do and, and how it minimizes their, you know, their injuries. And, and I bet uh, we'll see some cool things. I've got a guy, um, you know, I mentioned Fred Hatfield, Dr. Squat was one of my mentors. Jim Wright was another one. And there's another guy, Bill Leach. Actually, his name is Guillermo Leach. He's the MD, PhD in Spain. Bill has trained so many athletes over the years, so, so many. Um, he, was, he was also Diego Maradona's uh, personal physician and strength and conditioning coach many, 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 many moons ago when he imploded, I think, his first cocaine crash uh, and Bill brought him back and, and, and did some incredible things with him. But I want to present it at, at the, um, you know, at the convention and I know the, the convention is in January, so it's obviously too late for this year, but, you know, <clears throat> with Bill's credentials, you know, and then, and then my system, 
I, I really want to, you know, get out there and, and talk to the coaches. I mean, Vern Gambetta did this years ago, and I think Vern, it was really one of the guys I started first reading, and that pushed me off to Gary Gray and then, and then Gray Cook after that. But Vern is someone who really brought movement back, training movement um, back into sport. And I don't hear his name a lot. And he's one of the guys who really made this happen. So have you have you read much of him or, or know about uh, Vern much? I don't, but now I feel like I should. Yeah, check him out. Um, he's just he's, – he's really cool. I mean he didn't have – do a lot of lifting his was more movement he, he had a track background ran track and stuff and and uh but it's it just a good coach a good teacher a great coach and a lot of cool knowledge one, one of the yodas out there for sure yeah that's that you know that's one of my favorite things about being a coach today is just the opportunity to be around or listen to these other great coaches and learn from them and you know people out there if they have an interest in fitness, um, they have access to these people too, like through this podcast and through other podcasts and, and internet. It's just uh, finding the voice that, you know, that person that resonates with you and kind of sticking with them because otherwise it gets overwhelming out there. Yeah, there's a lot of, you're right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of information. I mean, if, if I can get this podcast on the air in like under a week, I'm just saying. I don't, it doesn't take too much effort. So, yep. um, it, and it, and that it's, it's sad that when there's so much signal noise that the good stuff gets drowned out. Yeah. It's going to get worse, man. <clears throat> I forget what they said. I think the last three years, there's more content, more information, you know, in the, in, in the past three years and there have been in all the years previous. And I forget, I'm sure I just totally hacked that. Um, but but the point I, is, I, I bet there's more blog posts and pictures posted and videos, you know, put online than there ever has been. I believe that. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Well, thanks for being one of the good ones, Jeff. Hey, my pleasure, man. You too. You know, you know. Together, we'll uh, with with our with our army of, of peers, and you know, we're, we're fighting the fight. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, Again, thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely have to have you back on, especially after you uh, bang out this manifesto so we can talk more about that. Um, why don't, before you go, why don't you tell people where they can find more of your information so they can cut through the signal noise? <laughs> yeah, I'm at, uh, you can get me at fit2play.com, and that's the number two. And, uh, you know, I'll be putting stuff out. I'm probably going to pull the site down for a little bit and, and redo some things and, and, and put out some stuff and do some different things. So, um, but that's it, you know, and, and, uh, I, I'd love to hear what anyone has to say or questions or thoughts or, um, and then come see us uh, at a move net workshop as well. You know, be all around the country. We're doing some more stuff in Indy and, and stuff in Columbus as well. So, yep. Come check us out at move You can find my stuff at freefitguy.com. Um, remember you can search, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, the human animal podcast. You can also submit questions if you want to now at, uh, the human animal podcast at gmail.com, uh, send your questions in and we'll be sure to get to them on the podcast. So Jeff, thanks again. I'm sure we'll be in touch soon and take care everyone. See you, man. Bye-bye.